Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 207 of Sack King's Therapy. Um, with me today to do this episode, uh, Fong. Hello. Yeah, just going to change up the pace because I'm going to go on a ramble, of course, and I don't want to, like, for the audience to wait for, what, five minutes before I introduce you or for them to realize that you're here. So um, on this episode, we're going to talk of course, start with a uh, Bill Russell tribute. We're going to talk about some King's predictions, some more predictions, because, you know, you know, it, nothing's happening. It's, it's just nothing happened. Like, literally, the biggest thing that's happened is Matt Coleman has left the Stockton Kings to go to Istanbul. So that is literally the, you know, top news that's happened. <laughs> like, that's how deprived of any sort of NBA news. Of, of course, you know, disregard it. Like, if you don't include uh, the Bill Russell. Uh, news mm-hmm. but we are in the dog days of re- of king's basketball of basketball in general unfortunately oh yeah we talked about matthew dover Dov- right we did we did talk about Jeez. Him last it, yeah then really there has not been much uh, we are king's squeezing news. as much juice as we can out of out of this dry desert <laughs> that is the nba landscape right now mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk a little bit about how the mismatch caused the king's sleepers um and also we'll talk about SummerSlam because again, there's just nothing, <laughs> not that much to talk about. We got to fill in some time. So why not talk about SummerSlam? And we'll also talk about a Fong special, uh, Debo uh, for the 49ers re-signed three years, 71 million and 58.1 million guaranteed. We'll, we'll get his uh, Fong's thoughts specifically on that because I don't really watch football, but he does. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's going to be all on you. Okay, let's start uh, with... Uh, a tribute to Bill Russell. Uh, Bill Russell passed away, I believe, at age 88 um, a few days ago. And uh, yeah, the entire NBA world mourned his loss, you know, talked about just how great he was. Of course, famously, 11 rings, you know, too many rings to fit on two hands. Like he needs he needs an extra finger to fill, fill all those rings. And yeah, he was also the GM coach of the Sacramento Kings for a short period. And yeah, I mean, like just we we lost a legend um, this week and it's really sad to see, you know, I, I always thought like just I wished I could have like watched more of Bill Russell, like Bill Russell, like legend has it that he was so good at shot blocking that he would control his blocks by not, you know, sending it to like, you know, the, the front row or anything. He would control his blocks by blocking it to a teammate. Like that's how good he was at blocking. In, in an era where, you know, like guys just didn't really play that much defense. So, I mean, like, what, what were your, what are your thoughts, uh, I guess, on the passing of Bill Russell? And like, what, what is your, what is your, what do you think of when the name Bill Russell comes up? Yeah, not going to lie. I thought he, uh, he, like most people would be pretty much immortalized in many ways. I mean, he, his name's already, you know, uh, what you might call it, named after the MVP, but. Man, the, it, the finals MVP. Yeah, finals MVP. But yeah, it felt so. It's like it felt too soon for such a guy like him because he's just a, a just a pioneer of what we call basketball today. Now, I mean, yeah, like he was he was a winner. Like in an era where there was pretty some pretty ridiculous stats. If you look at like back then, like there was a I forgot his name, but like he scored like four. This white dude scored like forty points and was out of the league like two years later somehow. Like there was some ridiculous ass stats. And then you look at Bill. 
Now, Bill did, Bill and Wilt, they played in an era where I guess nobody rebounded. Like these dudes had 50 rebounds, like in one game. Like you're lucky to get 50 rebounds, like in the entire game, like for, for the entire team anymore. Like that's how insane these guys were back then in terms of a- athleticism and just being able to play the game. And, you know, you talk about a pioneer, you know, he was a, he was a big uh, figure in the civil rights movement and, and, you know, like he fought for civil rights. Like he played in Boston, which, oh, oh my God. Like that's, I guess, one of the things that I wish was a little different. I wish he didn't win all those titles for Boston because it's a racist ass city. Yeah. Sadly during those times, I mean, can't really move out really i i don't think i I don't remember how trades worked or you know how um deals were made but definitely they were signed like multi-year deals just to stay with their team respect the team and like they didn't earn much either like that's another thing you got to remember like nowadays you have like hundreds of millions of dollars like you know contracts being signed back then like guys had to get summer jobs and again, mm-hmm. like, even though he was winning for Boston, they took shit. They like, when he was out of the house, like when he was on a road trip, like his house would be trash. Like they would rob his, they would rob his like house and they would take a shit in his bed too. Like this is a guy that won for you, for them. And they still were just racist as all hell. And honestly, to this day, still pretty racist, still pretty racist city for the most part. You know, a lot of white, a lot of white people in that, um, in, in that city and you know a lot of the you know of the drunken variety that's all that always seem to do some out-of-pocket shit i'm just saying mm. like some with the east coast over there like philly's like that new york is like that it's just one of those things and you know um but regardless just an absolute like an all-time great like you know an absolute winner like think think about it here like here's a fun little stat like let's play a game so before before Bill Russell came to get, got drafted by the Celtics, Bob Cousy played 27 playoff games. Do you want to guess what their, what his record was in the playoffs in 27 games? In 27 games mm-hmm. in terms of points or. Oh no, no, no. How many wins he had and how many losses he had? What was his record? Ooh, in 27 games. Uh oh man, I, I felt like I remembered this, but I I, I really didn't. I'm gonna guess 20. So 20, so what is that? 20 to 7, right? Yes. He was 10 and 17 before Bill Russell. Uh it's like the, the point the point I'm trying to make, and you know, shout out to Zach Harper for always pushing that stat and trying to trying to shit on Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy was a good player, like, and, and of course a pioneer in his own right in terms of like on the court play with his fancy passing. Bill Russell made these guys into absolute legends. Like, and then there was like a, there's also like other stats where like without Bill Russell in 56 games, 28 and 28, like a 500 team, basically like without him. And then you have like these stats, like where before he came, like they were Celtics were not a good team. But like because of just the his selfless play, his absolute genius, and you know just absolutely just you know his innovation, the innovation that he brought to the game on defense, like dominated like that era. And you know he it, it makes sense that he's the biggest winner, and arguably should be talked a lot more about as the best player of all time. I mean, the reason why is because he wasn't a good offensive player, but like he was like legitimately probably the greatest defender of all time. He's up there with like. 
you know, KG and Hakeem. Like those are his only two matches. And, but, and those two didn't win anywhere near as much as he did. And yeah, so all I got to say, the ultimate winner, and of course, will be Daryl Lee Mist. Honestly, it felt, it felt like he's looked like he's looked like the way he has for like 30, 40 years. Yeah, not going to lie. Each time you see him in the All-Star or sometimes in the stands, I mean, it's like, yeah, <laughs> he's still going on strong. Yeah, like he looks exactly the same. And, you know, like it's, it, you know, it's a very sad day. But you know, let, let's celebrate just how great he was and just how how much of a how much of like you know of a pioneer for the game that he is. Mm-hmm. But and real quick question, like you know, not even not even to start anything toxic, but like, would you wh- who would you have uh, up like would you have rather have Will or have Bill? Ooh, <sighs> I mean, not gonna lie, I probably would have Will because. Bill did have a pretty darn good team for all pretty much most of his years playing in Boston. So, so like, I'll actually go the opposite. I would actually go Bill. Bill, I think, made that team, if anything. you Like, I know, like, you know, you look at, like, say, Sam Jones. I believe, like, Sam Jones, like, seven rings, six rings. I don't think they get that many, that, that many rings without Bill. Like that, that's just one of my things that like he made, he made, you know, good to like, you know, like right on the edge of great players to all time players to make them, to make them into hall of famers. And like, you know, of course I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Ben Taylor guy and like thinking basketball and like he, he did a breakdown of like, just how statistically like Wilt dominates like bill in just about every way. But like you look more into those stats and you look into how Wilts, like in a way, just didn't make his team better. Like it, like not to say he didn't make his teammates better at all, but nowhere near what, what Bill Russell did. And mm. it's just one of those things where I, I get why people go Will over Bill, because like Will has some amazing highlights and was an insane athlete. Like it's crazy strong, crazy long, and pr- really quick like two for like seven, one or whatever he was. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Uh, t- give me bill any day. Mm. Yeah. That's a pretty good argument. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it is subjective. And uh, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say will, um, but you know, I get, I, I tend to disagree, but I totally get why you would, ch- you would pick will over a uh, bill. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, tribute to the great Bill Russell. And by the way, another fun thing, like, <laughs> like Bill Russell had won basically everywhere he went. You know, he won as a he won as a player. He won as a coach. He comes to the Kings. I think he quits within two seasons because he couldn't get this. He couldn't get this team to win. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, pretty much uh, a winner for most of his coaching career, I believe. I can't remember, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to pr- pretend to be an expert on like Bill Russell's entire career, but like that—that's just a funny fact of like if you ever just wanted to like make jokes about the Kings, like Bill, even Bill Russell came in here and said, "I can't, I can't, I can't make, I can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit here. It's too much." <laughs> And pretty much retired after that, right? I believe so. I think, yeah. But yeah, so again, more to my narrative that if the if Mike Brown can somehow get the Kings to even above, even top 20, he is the real black Jesus. Mm. I'm going to push that narrative all year. 
Yeah, getting more excited by the day because you see some of those IG posts, even though it doesn't mean anything, but it's, it's what we have to go off of for the time being until bigger news comes out. I just saw a video of a Rico Hines and like he was doing, you know, his signature like summer runs. And, uh-huh. you know, he has like p- these NBA players like doing pickup. And usually, and like last year, you would see like Kings players all over the place, like Buddy, Louis King, and all those guys. Uh-huh. Now I'm seeing Tyrese. I'm seeing all the Raptors players. I'm seeing Montrezl Harrell. I'm not seeing a lot of Kings players. Oh, Where, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure I might have missed it, but like, um, I'm like, that that makes me miss Rico already. Yeah. I mean, he's in the East Side. Most of our guys are probably still in the West. I think they and do this in LA, so I don't think it matters. Oh, then never mind then. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think like most players spend their summer in LA anyways. Oh, so, yeah. Like LA, New York, um, Miami, like is a big one. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, that was just one thing that I noticed. Um, okay. Uh, oh. All right, so for our King segment for this week, since there hasn't been much news that um, has happened, again, Matt Coleman uh, has uh, signed a contract with Istanbul and will be leaving the Stockton Kings. But so instead, let's play a little bit of a game and in just predicting Kings awards. Now, I'm not talking about like six man of the year MVP. Like, let's calm down on that. Um, You know, but I will say Keegan Murray, if you want to like, I mean, if you want to put some money on him on to be rookie of the year, I think it's a pretty good odds. Um, so it's it's I think it's between him and Paolo, I think, for the most part. But like Keegan has the best chance because the Kings are going to try to be good. Mm-hmm. And that gives a much better chance for him to be good and him to benefit and him to have the stats to win rookie of the year. So, like, you know, if you're a gambling person, you know, not the worst idea to put some money on Ke- Keegan Murray being rookie of the year. But yeah. Um, so uh, instead we're going to do Kings awards. Uh, so the, the first award I'm going to, I'm going to like have us pick out is the infinite goodwill award. Now, what is the infinite goodwill award? That is the award in which a player can simply do no wrong. No matter if he plays mediocre, if he plays bad, he is usually going to be free of criticism. Like, this is not even to throw shade at him, but like Tyrese last year, like you look through like a lot of his, or like a lot of his games while he was here. Like a lot of people talk about how bad De'Aaron was. And if you look back through the games, it wasn't, he wasn't that bad, but he definitely was like, you know, coming off of a really good year, he wasn't as good, but Tyrese would have these games where he would score zero points, but have five rebounds and five assists. And we're like, oh my God, he got five rebounds and five assists. And then don't look at the fact that he only shot five times, was zero for five, didn't draw any free throws. He would have these kinds of games where he may, he may still have been effective, but like we want him to take more shots. And like, if he takes more shots and makes them, you know, the team is better as a result. And like, we never gave him shit for that. So that's what I mean by the infinite goodwill award. So um, if I were to ask you what your prediction will be for who will have the infinite goodwill of the Kings fan. And by Kings fans, I mean both like in the arenas and also online, but primarily online. Ooh, I'm going to say Sabonis. That is a very good, that's a very good answer. I was thinking Fox, maybe because, you know, he's, now the pretty much the face of the kings but he still has that 
I guess, flame from years prior. So I'm going to go with Sabonis since he's, you know, fairly new uh, in the Kings uh, roster. And, uh, you know, he could, I mean, he's going to be providing pretty much both, the most of our offense, really. I, I, will, I will disagree on De'Aaron just because, like, he already lost the goodwill. He's lost the shine already. Like, mm. last year was unfortunately a rude awakening of, like, what can happen when you've been on the Kings for so long and you still just don't win? Whether or not that's his fault or not is up for debate. I don't think it is. He doesn't help the cause sometimes. But, like, I think he's already lost his goodwill. Sabonis, so however, he's new. He is – I think he's going to be a very vocal leader on this team. And it's going to be to the Kings' benefit. And, like, last year, you know – He's not, he wasn't great on defense. I thought he was okay, and like he's very good positionally. But you know, we're we're he's going to have some pretty crummy defensive games. I think this year, and we're not going to give him any shit for it because he is going to be the engine of the offense. He is going to be probably the, like arguably the savior of the of the squad. Like the team, the the I wouldn't say the team turned around, but they definitely there was a different vibe as soon as he arrived, and like that has built up so much goodwill for him. That is not going to go away at least for another year. However, for my award, uh, the Infinite Goodwill Award, I'm actually going to give it to Davion because he's going to play defense and he's going to get that crowd crowd riled up and cheering. And yeah, and you know if he if he simply just makes any any shots, it's a bonus. And you know it is just like that's all he has to do because we know that he's going to play tough defense and hound the ever loving shit out of every out of like the guy he's guarding interesting yeah I don't, I don't think he has any like hatred within the fan base not that i could know of Talking about Davion? online yeah 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 so that's why i'm gonna pick him but i i can totally see him becoming uh, the winner of the next award we're gonna go over but like he i like he he's definitely gonna come into his own and it's gonna take a few years anyways for before the fan base turns on like a player anyways but i don't think it'll ever, ever be him because he tries so hard on defense and like he's really good on that end too like not to even throw shade at him but like Corey joseph like tried really hard but he just he's not the defender that D- davion is mm, yeah that's true Okay, so that so you picked Sabonis, which I think is a great award. That was basic. It was it, it was a coin toss between him and Davion for me, mm. and uh, I'm I'm just gonna go with Davion since you picked Sabonis. Okay. Okay. Next award, the Infinite Hatred Award, that or otherwise known as the Corey Joseph or the Buddy Heel Award, where he will simply he will simply brunt, bear the brunt of the criticism from Kings fan, particularly from online, and where he can do good things and a lot of the times like it'll like the fan base will give give him backhanded compliments and if he does anything bad boy they like that fan base like circles around them like vultures and just endless amounts of criticism it will be hurled their way and a la Corey joseph and buddy heel even though like I liked Corey Joseph when he was here and Buddy had some good things, but like we really piled on his negatives a little bit too much, probably. So, mm. you know, coming upcoming this year, who do you think will draw the most ire from Kings fans if he fucks up? As soon I, as he fucks up, basically. Yeah, not gonna lie, it's kind of tough. Like looking at his roster, I don't see too like you know, the amount of hate uh that uh, Buddy received uh go on to any of 
these players that are in the current roster, but I'm going to say Chemezi for now. For now, because I know he's been improving his game over the summer. He has to show on the court, and he does make a ton of bad mistakes. Now, that's if he you know, gets a lot of playing time like he did last season. Do you, who do you think gets more minutes, him or Trey Wilds? Mm, now, that's interesting. I do love Trey Wiles, but Chemezi brings in the energy. Ugh. Yeah, it's a it's tough gonna, one. It's a tough one. So I was gonna pick Chemezi Netsu too, but there's oh, another yeah? there's another player who like if he fucks up in any way, I can see him drawing all the ire. And that's Terrence Davis. Oh, that's like my third choice, actually. Terrence Davis, you know, unfortunately, this all starts with kind of the, you know, the domestic violence stuff from a few years uh, ago. Like, yeah. there hasn't been any incidents as of late, which is good. Like, there hasn't been any incidents since. I hope he's changed for the better. But, like, the, it, it all starts with that. And, you know, a certain portion of the fan base, like, just won't get over that. And, you know, for good reason. Like, it's, domestic violence is it's not pretty. Like, there's a reason why, why Miles Bridges still hasn't gotten a contract and actually uh, possibly may not ever play in the NBA like there, there, there's a there's a lot of backlash to that stuff and rightfully so, but overall I think he's been a good player. There are times when he takes up god awful shots. He is a guy that will jack for sure. But like it, you know, I think I think he can be a really good player. But like it'll all depend on whether he makes shots or not. He plays hard out there, but if he but if that shot is not falling, he is going to draw the ire of the Kings fans and of course you know, they are going to pile on him and, you know, if that happens. So, you know, I was going to pick Chemezi Metsu too, but you picked him. And so I'm going to pick Terrence Davis. That's a pretty good choice because he, in much ways, is just a so pretty much a better, well, quite a few steps up from Buddy Heald, really, in terms of his defensive game. And yeah, I, I got to say his offensive <laughs> game as well, but uh yeah i could see why you chose terrence davis i'm just wondering how many minutes is he really gonna get to make that much of an impact if we don't make a trade uh for like an actual backup three or like yeah an actual backup three that's not kevin herter i can see terrence davis soaking up some of those three minutes Mm. Uh, that's true Mm. like it's it's not a it's not a great option don't get me wrong but like i mean why not like he of course like he's gonna fight minutes with malik monk and you know he can be a two or three although he's really small for the three but last year when he was the three the kings actually played pretty well just because like there was a lot more extra spacing and you know not a lot of threes can exactly abuse him and like you know harrison barnes is the one that guards the three usually anyways and you know we have keegan murray for that this year too so there is a he can be the backup three as well. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he is kind of the short side, but he is strong. He's real strong. And also, just so quickly, bring up like the fact that we just <laughs> brought up Buddy's name for <laughs> Buddy's name. Like you just like you just brought up the fact that Terrence Davis is probably better than <laughs> Buddy Heal, despite you know him. I think yeah, he makes five times the amount Terrence Davis does. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we do pile on Buddy a little bit too much. He he wasn't the cause of all the Kings's failures, but definitely he definitely like was a huge symptom of it. 
like what I mean is like he was definitely a symptom of the bad situation more than he was like truly the cause. Like looking back, mm. you know, like I, I mean, you know, honestly, I like to be a contrarian sometimes. Like let, let's not pile on Buddy as much as we do, as much as we do. Oh yeah, it's just that I mean, at the time, would we have given that much to him if we knew what his you know game really was? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, talk quickly about the surprise contributor of the year. Like, this is basically just a guy that you didn't, we don't expect to contribute like to the team, but ends up doing so. So, you know, we can't, we can't say like probably the main rotation. We can't say De'Aaron Fox. We can't say Sabonis. Can't even say Davion or Herder. Like, who do you think would be the surprise contributor of this year? Like, you know, like Rashawn Holmes, like two years ago, like just came out of nowhere and just became a rotation player. Hell, mm-hmm. became the starter. I don't think, I don't think, the, I don't think anyone's getting replaced in the starting lineup, but, you know, like just, just a guy that just becomes part of the, an important part of the rotation. Yeah. I really want, for me personally, I feel like it's going to be Trey Lyles. I want him to play more, really, but. I don't know how he's going to do it with like, the, the kind of roster we have now, and we'll see how it works out. But Trey Lyles has been a great player last season. And even though his game's kind of, I want to say unorthodox, it's it's, it's not Kings-like. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. But he does smart. get buckets. I, I, I want to say he's smart player and can yeah. definitely fit into a good offense. Mm-hmm. And being paid for what he's being paid now, I mean, Shoot, it's going to be a diamond in a rough. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I think I think yours is a really good choice. I didn't even think of Trey Lyles, which you know I probably should, but I'm going to pick Terrence Davis. I think he's going to be big. Hmm. Yeah, we have been talking about it because we haven't seen him play for the last half, latter half of the season at all. We didn't see him with Sabonis specific, specifically. Yeah, like he was a guy that as as long as he was when he was open. I was like, that shot's going in. Like, mm-hmm. the issue was his shot selection. It was terrible. But, like, if he gets, like, a, a lot of open shots, and if he gets, like, a consistent role, if he gets consistent minutes, I think he can establish himself as a sniper off the bench for us. Like, that microwave score. Now, now of course, he's got he's to control his, his knack for just taking tough shots. But, like, he, he's a good player, and I think he will contribute to this team if given the opportunity. Yeah, I would love to see him get more minutes too. Like I said, I need a, <laughs> I want to see how that bench is going to be played out. Um, okay, the last thing to talk about the Kings. So I listened to the mismatch this week with Chris Verdon. He's always actually pretty high on the Kings. And, he, and KOC is always just the most optimistic guy ever. They're calling the Kings sleepers in the West. Just like looking at looking at just the, the roster, you know, Ke- Kevin Herter, De'Aaron Fox, like – he like he likes the like he really likes the, the squad here. Now, not saying like they're you know they're they have crystal balls and like whatever they say kind of is like gospel, but like the fact that they're actually high on like the Kings or like at us as a sleeper for like a playoff spot or at least a play-in spot, like you know get you know get optimistic, guys. It, it's okay. Yeah, not gonna lie, this is probably one of the best rosters we've had. Uh, personally since ah, oh, geez <laughs> i 
I can't even remember. I, I wouldn't want to say the Rondo Cousins year. That's my opinion. I, I don't know if there's a better one uh, further back or re more recent. But, yeah, I, I think this is a pretty deep uh, bench we have here. The only argument I would say is maybe the 2019 Kings, like the 2019-2020 Kings. Like, had Dwayne Denman worked out, like theoretically, had Dwayne Denman worked out, that I think would have been the best Kings roster because you had Bogey, you had like Buddy, you had uh, who else? You had like, honestly, Harry was pretty good for that team. And like, you know, Marvin, if he was healthy, would be nice. Like that was actually a pretty talented team. It's just unfortunately they fell flat on their face because of injuries and because like, you know, like Luke's first year, like it was just a tough transition right away, unfortunately. And, you know, let's hope that that's not the case with Mike Brown. Oh yeah. We'll have to see. Like uh, that year, uh, it was a, I mean, it was a lot of and, rookies for sure. And then, and then of course, you, you had like the Rashawn Diamond in the Rough moment where you just, you found a guy that ended up being a starter for you. Like that was a good team. It just, it just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to the wrestling portion of this episode. All right. So over the weekend, uh, SummerSlam happened and I thought it was a good, I thought it was a pretty good show for the most part, although nothing like really major happen except uh so after the um very good uh becky lynch versus uh bianca belair match to open the show bailey returned and he she had some friends with her it was the returning dakota kai and eo shirai eo sky now but which Honestly, it sounds kind of stupid. <laughs> it sounds kind of stupid, but Io Shirai. So they formed the they formed the uh, faction called Control, and I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, um, didn't really watch SummerSlam, so uh, we could watch the highlights. Uh, what you call it? Oh wait, so the match happened before they came out. Yes, it was after the match. Oh okay, I was wondering as I because I know uh, Bianca Belair and. Becky faced off, but Becky came up to, I guess, whatchamacallit, stared him down? I don't know. Yeah, she turned face after the match, which was a really, this was a really nice moment. Like, they hugged each other, you know, solidifying a, a baby face turn. Unfortunately, Becky will be injured um, from this for a, for a bit because she had a separated shoulder during the Ooh. match. But I, I really do like the faction of control. And like the fact that Bailey and Io Shirai and Dakota Kai, very good wrestlers. And, you know, with Triple H in charge, like I'm looking forward to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I always thought that like they don't look much alike anymore, but like, you know, old school Bailey, you know, the hugger Bailey. And like Dakota Kai was like almost like a, a disciple of that character until like she turned heel. So. I thought I thought like it in an alternate universe like that she could have been like the disciple of like you know Hugger Bailey. Mm, it would have been a tag team if they kept up with that gimmick. Um, I guess I don't know. Like I honestly thought they looked very very similar like back in when their old hairdo, but like nowadays like with you know um, they they call it the Bailey's haircut the Karen haircut. So <laughs> they, like with that haircut and stuff, and you know Io Shirai just. She's an amazing wrestler. I'm looking forward to what she does on the main roster. She's actually working with Asuka. She's going to be, I think, going into a feud with Asuka at some point because, like, they had some interaction um, on Monday Night Raw. 
apparently there's some beef between them. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't heard from... Oh. It's like, it's weird. Like, they've actually interacted before, and it, they seem friendly now, but, like, they're weirdly conspicuously, conspicuously, like, just not... They don't seem to vibe with each... There, there's They don't seem to interact with each other much outside, which is a bit weird, because WWE, like, the wrestlers are usually pretty close. Hmm. Uh, I don't really recall that, but... Uh... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Asuka again since, I mean, hopefully she gets another push someday. Yeah, hopefully. And, you know, again, Triple H is in charge now. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's go to the more co- controversial part of the show. <laughs> Look, this is probably going to be, this is probably going to give me heat. Um, Logan Paul is good. <laughs> Logan Paul is really good at this wrestling thing. Yeah, I mean, he he seems to enjoy it too, so... I mean, this match, I mean, I mean, what, this is like, what, the third time they faced? Uh, uh, I believe the first time they faced one-on-one, it's Logan's first match. Um, like, his first, well, the first singles match. But, mm. like, it all starts with this. Like, Logan Paul looks like an athlete. Like, you know, hate him all you want, and I don't like him either. But he has, like, an athlete's body. Like, he's not a bodybuilder. He's not, like, one of those... Like, I hate to say it, but, like, some some MMA fighters, like, they don't look very buff at all. I mean, most of them are very, very buff. But, like, you know, they, they, they're they not completely toned. But Logan Paul's in the perfect kind of, like, where he's not, like, a super, st- like, I mean, they don't have these guys anymore. But, like, not, like, a super, like, almost roided up, like, powerhouse guy. But he's also, like, not scrawny looking. He's on the perfect mixture of just tone and muscle. And, like, he's a good, like, 6'2", 6'3". And, like, you know, is super athletic. Again, just looks like an athlete to me. And he does some athletic shit. And with a guy like The Miz, as much as I do criticize him, a very good hand to kind of guide a guy through a mark, through a match who's not as experienced. So just a, a, very, a very nice match, even though, like, let's be honest, no one buys into these two characters. But, like, just a, a perfect kind of match made in heaven in a way. Yeah, I was also kind of surprised with Logan's uh, mic skills too. It, it's actually not bad <laughs> compared to uh, some of the other guys uh, from prior. Uh, um, I've, I have mixed feelings about it because he definitely should be a heel. Because, I mean, like, again, I've just praised him a lot. He looks like a fucking prick. Oh, like, every yeah. part of him looks like such a prick. And, you know, he comes to the, he comes to the ring with a stupid ass, like million dollar Pokemon card. Like, yeah, that's what a baby face does. Like he, he's, he's a bona fide prick, but he, he, apparently it's actually his call. He's insisting on tr- trying to be a baby face, which is, I, it's a huge mistake in my opinion. Uh, okay. Well, we'll see how that goes because. From what I remember, it wasn't hasn't he changed like face to heel quite a few times within the few years? So he was a heel. Well, are you talking about Logan Paul or the Miz? Or Logan Paul. Logan Paul, I think, started as a face, but then realized like everyone was booing him, and then he was a heel, and then he and then he came back as a heel like during the WrestleMania thing. By the way, the WrestleMania thing where he did the Eddie Guerrero, that now that drew a lot of heat. I I absolutely loved it, but. Like he is, he is a natural born heel, and he he really should turn. He really should see that. Just that's how you that's how you draw money. Like people want to see you get the shit kicked out of you. So like, you know, you just gotta accept it. 
Yeah. I mean, we'll call him now. He's probably going to be a heel after all this because, I mean, what really is going to be the next story now since I feel like facing The Miz or doing something with The Miz again is going to just phase out. I hope they don't do a rematch of this because I'm not interested in these two characters. Like The Miz, again, is a safe hand. He's actually a great, he's actually a great character to throw in, throw into like this feud. But like the fact that he's supposed to be the heel in this, like, I mean, even, I mean, like against Logan Paul, you can't be the heel. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think he should move on to like another program. Like, honestly, someone brought up a good, some, uh, from what I've heard from like Wrestle Talk, they suggested like he should face Pat. We're not going to talk about him, talk about his match, but like he should face Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, both of them are inexperienced. It's probably not a great idea, but like Pat McAfee, like, I think. Talk about like two kind of like guys who came from outside of wrestling and just you know has have a certain connection with the crowd. Like Pat McAfee is is a is a natural born baby face. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, and like he can he can he can draw up a lot of support and he can work the crowd very well. And then Logan Paul again, natural born heel, and you know that's a perfect match. Although I don't know how they will make it in work in ring, just because both of them are not very experienced at all. Mm. I thought Pat wasn't going to do this for long, or does he really want to do it like kind of part time ish? He he has signed a long term contract. Um, he will be doing commentary and then wrestling. And honestly, if I I mean if I was him, I would do exactly what he's doing right now, like wrestle every now and then, so that it's a special occasion when you wrestle. And also, you don't have to put your body on the line all the time, but you also get to live out your dream of being a wrestler. Mm. Hmm. I mean, he's a great commentator as well. So he, he does get overbearing sometimes. So he's it's a little too much energy. <laughs> I mean, what you call? Have you ever listened to some of his podcasts? I have not, but like he's standing up, which was always like a bit odd to me. But like I get it. He's just an he, again t- just too much goddamn energy. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, let's move on. Okay, I just want to quickly go over this because there isn't that much to talk about about this one. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Like, what are your thoughts on Liv Morgan? What What is your impression of her? Uh, to be honest, from what I remember, not too great of a wrestler, if I remember correctly. Um, well, she's improved a lot, and like she, you know, we're talking about natural born baby faces. She's got some. She's got a lot of that in her. Like, I was actually really high on her, like for a while. And like, you know, to see her kind of have this chance to, you know, beat Rhonda, like I thought it was really cool. Although like they did make it a very ambiguous finish where she tapped out as, as the three count like was being counted. Like, but in, on the other side, like Rhonda being a heel, it's only natural. She's just, she's too strong to really be a baby face. And like WWE just doesn't seem to be really, well, specifically Vince McMahon. I think, I think Triple H could do it it'd be tricky but like it's hard to book a strong strong baby face that's just stronger than everyone and ronda was gonna have to turn heel sooner or later because like her promo skills really aren't there to kind of draw in the crowd and people are kind of you know tired of like the she's too strong shtick so that's just how it has to be and honestly i think she's better off as heel anyways just because she's not a very likable (laughs) she's not a very likable person at all in my opinion Mm. Hmm. Well, we'll see because I, I mean I haven't really followed <laughs> that part of wrestling too much. Um, let me see. Okay, what's next? Well, the I mean the big match, 
Um, the match that has happened 10, 10 million thousand times. Uh, Roman versus Brock Lesnar, this time in the last man standing match. Uh, Brock Lesnar tipped over the ring. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, that, that was, was about it, honestly. Like, yeah. you know, there was some nice near fall. They went through tables. They they broke barricades. They, I mean, the finish was literally Brock being buried under a bunch of shit in order to keep him down. Paul Heyman got F five through the table. That's actually very rare. But like, all that being said, nothing nothing much happened this 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 uh, match because it's a match that I'm not interested in. I've seen it a thousand times. And it and honestly, it was you know way too predictable. Even though I did not want Brock to win this one, I think this feud just needs to end and Roman just move on. But like, there was just no interest for me going into this match because we've seen this damn match already. Even though, like, sure, last man standing, they tip over a ring. That was pretty awesome, but I'm done with this feud. I really am. Yeah, I mean, how many years has it been since they've been facing each other? This is another match where it's like, yeah, it's kind of like you know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And like, again, just every time they've done it, it's never really worked. Like, sure, the WrestleMania 31 was pretty awesome. But like, ever since then, like, they keep trying to rerun this shit and it just never works. Like, you know, either like no one's behind Roman or you know, everyone's behind Roman now, but like no one's into Brock winning. It's just never been that way. Yeah. Since he's also a part-timer, I mean, both of them are part-timers now. Oh yeah. Roman too. Roman too. Mm, is he doing movies? No, well, he's just tight taking a lighter schedule, but honestly, he uh, don't be surprised if he gets into Hollywood because he, he's got some Hollywood chops too. And of course he's got the, you know, he's got the connections as well. Mm, I see. But ultimately, like they even try to add some intrigue with the Austin Theory um cash in. I mean, well, do you have any thoughts on Austin Theory at all? Not at the moment, but I mean with Triple H uh yeah, whatchamacallit, working the behind the scenes, I'm pretty sure he's gonna do something big with him because from what happened uh at the end of SummerSlam, I mean there was there, there, uh, that ring was decimated. There was no way he's gonna pin uh, uh Roman anyway, anyhow. Yeah, rumor was that was actually a botch. It was he was supposed to do something to the ring, but it wasn't supposed to tip it over like essentially on one side like that. So like I think they were supposed to have the ring like be functional, <laughs> but um, anyways, like I actually really like Austin Theory. The only issue with him is that he has Vince McMahon's name attached to him. And like, you know, it's just people don't like Vince McMahon and, you know, he's retired now, but I think Triple H does like Austin Theory. Like he actually booked him pretty well back in NXT. And I think he's got, he's got a lot, I, he's got a lot of potential. I don't think he's a main eventer, not yet anyway, but he's a good wrestler. He's a, he's a, like, he's good on the mic. He's got something. I don't know if he's got it. But like he's got something. It's just that you know he has the Vince McMahon tag to him, and that does kind of get him a little bit. That disconnects him from a portion of the audience. But I do think he's got something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just hoping that his title reign isn't going to be short lived. Like, oh, uh, right now we're wishing it's short lived because he should not be the one to beat Roman. <laughs> he really should not be. No. I, um, yeah, I wonder 
when he'll ever cash in. And hopefully it's not like one of the lower titles, because if you if you try to cash in, you know, on a world title, you're not going to go backwards on it. Yeah, I don't see him cashing on a tag team or some shit. No, that'd be pretty lame. <laughs> but, <laughs> that'd be um, pretty interesting. I don't think I've ever seen the money in bank cash in for a tag team title. I mean, they've got to build up the, like the U.S. title and the intercontinental title, intercontinental title somehow. Like, if this were New Japan, it would work because they protect those titles. And like, there's and even though there is a hierarchy, but like, the, all those titles feel important. And mm-hmm. on WWE. It's the world title, and that's it. Everything yeah. else is just props. And they mean well. That basically means he has to cash in on the world title. And unfortunately, both of them are on Roman, which is also another kind of unfortunate thing. So like, he can't really beat the world the world champion because he shouldn't be the guy to end Roman's streak. He just he just shouldn't be. And also, if if they if he has any chance to be a star, they need to change this damn music. That music is terrible. <laughs> yeah okay um so that's all i have for um the summer slam um i'm guessing you don't have anything else uh you want to talk about on, on the show or anything in general that you want to talk about about wrestling yeah sadly like i said didn't really watch it only watched the highlights um i remember seeing a part where uh edge came out and you know he he cut his hair uh kind of like his, uh, I guess you could say gimmick kind of reminds me of something we've seen before, but I just can't put my finger on it for some reason. It, it was the brood. Um, the brood. You know, when, he, when he came out like with a ring of fire around him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't okay. play the music, which made, which was disappointing. But uh, he is back to Metal Lingus, if you're wondering. Oh, okay, good. Thank goodness. That is one of the. That is probably the best theme in WWE. Oh yeah. <laughs> although, oh yeah. Although I really dug his, you know, his Judgment Day music. It grew on me. Like the little Dark Angel wings thing. Like that was actually pretty cool. I thought. Mm. Yeah, we'll see where that goes too. Because now I don't know. Like I don't know too many stories in WWE anymore, and we'll see what Triple H does with them. I mean, look. That I know we're a little high on our own supply right now, but Triple it, it, there have been slight changes and they seem to be for the good. And I can trust, I feel like I have way more trust in Triple H to be able to book, you know, competently than, mm-hmm. you know, what Vince did, where apparently he just forgot things. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a slow transition. And let's see, when is the next big pay per view, actually? Uh, it is, I believe it is called Clash of the Castle. And I believe it is like early next month, if I remember right. Clash of the Castle. It's, it's, it's a UK. It's a UK thing. Ah, September third. So yeah, literally the first first week of next month. Oh, okay. So everyone from WWE is going to go to UK for this uh, pay per view. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Do you think Drew McIntyre should dethrone Roman Reigns? Hmm. I mean, they got to split the titles somehow first because having two titles and just passing on to the next guy is not going to work out, I feel. Uh, we'll see. I, I I don't think he – I'm not sure if Drew is the guy. We'll see how they build build him up, like, throughout these weeks. But I just think it's unfortunate that, that they put both titles on Roman because Roman can't lose. He can't. And <laughs> honestly, even if it's The Rock coming back at WrestleMania, he shouldn't lose to The Rock. <sighs> Gosh. 
Like at this point, I don't know. Like Drew probably should like take one of the titles just so you have a title on Raw. But right now, like it's you can't beat Roman. Roman is so far beyond everyone else at this point, even beyond the legends. Like I just don't, I just don't think like he's losing that title anytime soon. Yeah. We'll see. I don't remember what happened the last time uh, the title split. Was it? Yeah, I actually don't remember, to be honest. Well, they just, they turned it into one title, basically. Um, and and then, like, they just, and then, like, after the brand split, they made it into two, if I remember right. Oh, well, that's not going to happen again, then. Yeah, probably not. Um, okay, well, let, let's close out on this. Um, you're a football guy. You're a 49ers guy. Uh, Debo Samuel, after a long, pretty long summer, long off season for you guys, uh, refused to sign the extent, refused to like sign an extension. There was some reported like tension between the two parties, but uh, this week he signed a three-year, seventy-one million, seventy-one point five million dollar contract with fifty-eight million dollars guaranteed. What are your thoughts? In my opinion, I think it's worth it. I mean, he pretty much carried the Niners last season. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that because he was pretty much our wide receiver and running back at the same time, which uh, it's nothing new in terms of like being like a dual, uh, I don't know what the word was, just having a dual position like uh, status like him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he without him, we wouldn't have gone so far, really. I mean, I remember watching those highlights of the 49ers. Lots of Debo Samuel in those highlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, when the season was so bleak and like there was no hope in uh, what you might call it, making the playoffs at all, uh, because man, uh, I went to the Arizona game in uh whatchamacallit Levi Stadium and it was wow <laughs> like pretty much our whole team was healthy uh and the uh, Arizona Cardinals didn't have uh Murray or uh what was his name they pretty much didn't have two of their best players in the other team and they beat us with a bench quarterback that was like it was so demoralizing during that time that I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't think uh, uh, the Niners would have, you know, made the playoffs that season. They, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would die. It was a done season, but if it weren't for Debo and, you know, the schemes of Shanahan and the rest of the team, I mean, we somehow came back. There was one guy that I knew that I believed in the 49ers and that was Casey. <laughs> that was the only person that I think was strong on the uh, 49ers the entire time. Mm. And yes, and I believe that game, wasn't it raining, by the way, that you just mentioned? It was like the raining. Game I went? Yeah, the one the one you went to. No, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't that one. Okay. Because I remember there was like a game that like, I remember the 49ers lost and it was like pouring outside too. So, you know, double kind of double whammy on that one. But this is probably a dumb question. Is is seventy? If it's seventy-one millions, like, is that a lot of money in the NFL? Is that an overpay for Debo at all, or no? Uh, people could have their opinions. To be honest, 
I'm so like, uh, whatchamacallit, mixed up with the NBA, uh, whatchamacallit, contrast that. I kind of forgot how the NFL contracts work, but it is a lot of money because that's a lot of guaranteed <laughs> for sure. But uh, whatchamacallit, for Debo, I think he's worth that price, really. I mean, comparing to the NBA, like this isn't a crazy amount of money. Like this, I mean, for what, again, there was a lot of Debo highlights and like, it definitely felt like he was the best player on the, on the team. So like, you know, a hundred million dollars would not surprise me if he was in the NBA. And so I just wanted to know if this was a big amount uh, for yeah. Debo Samuel. Are you relieved that the situation is over? Uh, I would say so, because at first it just sounded like a, I guess a shit show of uh, <laughs> whether or not he's going to stay. Uh, we do not us. use that language on oh, this podcast. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> mm, very good. Very, very, very good. good. Yeah. I, still have, I still have to flag this episode. That's because that's you're a bad word. Okay. <laughs> just, just like every other episode. So it, it was a dumpster fire with, uh, you know, arguments of whether or not the contract will work out. So... Thankfully, it kind of worked out. Uh, I should actually do should check if that contract compared to other running backs and wide receivers is worth it. But in my opinion, from what from uh, I perspective and from what he provided, I think it's worth it. Um, what was that thing about like a, the fight in practice for the 49ers? Oh, wait, what was that? Was there a fight that happened at 49ers practice that I, I heard about? Actually, don't remember. I <laughs> oh, don't remember. Okay, no, I haven't. I haven't. To be honest, I haven't kept up with the 49ers too much. What? Because, uh, so much kings. <laughs> we don't. I mean, I don't really have anyone to talk to the Niners about too much because it's it's also been a quite a while since uh, seeing the Niners play. So, do I have to watch football to get you into it? I mean, granted, I'm not picking the 49ers, probably I'm probably picking another team, but like, do I do I have to? Uh, you might as well. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of tough. It's kind of like interfering with the Kings season as well. So I mean, they only play maybe once a week. And you know, there's also uh whatchamacallit, I guess you could say off weeks if you know what that means. I think I do. Um, well, it, it, either way. Um, what about this? Uh Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he gonna get traded? I I really don't know. To be honest, he he might stay or he might get waived. Who knows? Is he the Rashawn Holmes of of the 49ers? Although I think, I think I think everyone wants him gone. So I don't think he, I don't think he is. It's, but would he be? Is that something comparable? I don't know. Gosh, that's a it's gonna be a weird comparison. But or what about this? Is he the Buddy Healed of of last year? No, I wouldn't say going that far either. Like I said, he's a guy that took, helped us take us to the Super Bowl. That and means a lot. And prop, you get wait, 49ers to the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys were in the Super Bowl a few yeah. years ago. I forgot. Because I was saying, yeah. like last, last year, like he was arguably the reason why you guys weren't in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, he he was in the team when we did make the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. But uh, what you might call it, 
yeah, I mean, it's I can't compare it to Buddy or Rashawn because even though they're great players for the Kings in their respective sense, they didn't take us to the finals. <laughs> Come on. What about Harrison Barnes? Harrison Barnes? Just a guy that's definitely really good, but is probably just, you know, because of circumstances, is just done with the team. Like I said, I need to think of a player for a better comparison because... Is he the Marcus Smart of the team for, for what the Celtics are? Gosh. And by that, I mean, while an incredible player, like the heart and soul of that team, definitely holds the team back in, to some degree with a shot selection. Uh, I don't think so. I Like I said, I'm going to have to think of a player and get back to you. I There's something. Okay, I, I should... well, for now, I'm just going to say he maybe he's the Bill Russell of the, of the 49ers. Okay, all right. Uh, anything else you want to quickly talk about before we end this on you saying that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the Bill Russell of the 49ers? Yeah, I don't think so, but uh, nothing much. Still waiting for Kings news. I should really get back into the NFL news uh, sometime, anytime soon, because I, I did miss a lot of what you might call Niners news and NFL news. Uh, you know, I would say for quite a couple, few months now, because uh, haven't haven't really been keeping up. <laughs> <laughs> really just uh waiting for the king stuff really you, you know you know i think the perfect comparison although i think this is way too high of a compliment for, for jimmy as far as like from what i know of uh football is is he the kevin durant what <laughs> it's a, i mean it's a guy that doesn't want to be there anymore and the team doesn't well the, i'm pretty sure the nets still want him there but I don't know. It's just I'm just picking up guys that are trying to be traded. Um, okay. Well, if you don't have anything else, um, I'm gonna leave you to c- catch up with uh, 49ers news. And uh, yeah, next episode probably will be a Naruto episode. Uh, we'll, we got to plan that out. But I I am planning the next Kings episode. If no news drops, if no major news drops, uh, we're gonna we're gonna rewatch uh, an old Kings game, you know, of the golden era of Kings. We're gonna watch Game One of Mavericks versus Kings 2003. And if you're wondering why 2003, uh, that is the game before Chris Webber broke blows out his knee. And at least from the highlights that I've seen, they were punking the Mavericks before that happened. Mm, okay, <laughs> I actually can't wait for that episode then. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Naruto first, and then we will also, yeah, watch the Kings versus Mavericks. Again, the caveat is if no news drops. If there is big news that drops, we got to put that on hold. But again, it's it's the it's the dog days right now. So chances are you're going to get the Mavericks episode. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see you guys later then.